Hello, hello, and welcome to episode 86 of All Booked Up, the Buffalo and Erie County Public Libraries podcast about books, movies, and all things pop culture. I am your host, Michelle Snyder. And I am Jacob Maracle. Jacob, to start, this is a really weird question. What's that? Does it smell like hippies in here to you? Um, in numerous ways, yes. No, like, are you... Do, are you getting that at all? What? It smells like patchouli and it smells oh. like granola y people. Well, you're you're kinda next to like the more used microphone, so maybe <laughs> that's why Great. maybe that's why you're smelling hippie stink. Is on this it. people rubbing their face on it? No, it's not it just smells like that patchouli, which I'm not a fan of. No, but it's it's one of the worst smells. You know, I you might be onto something because there was that Crosby Stills and Nash playing in the background when we walked in here. <laughs> but I can't oh man, people are leaving hippie stink in the Thing, and it's in the morning, so that means that's been festering all night. Wow, you're taking it deeper. I didn't say stink. I said there was a scent. You always take things and make them negative. What's if your you, deal? If you smell something that, that um, you know, many hours later, it's not a scent. It's a stink. Scents <sighs> are fleeting, you, Michelle. You learned Stinks it stay here. forever. Thank you, Professor Jacob. Yeah, you're welcome. Wow. Happy to do it. Now you're just going to be thinking about that all day. Like, is it a stink or a scent? No, I'm going to forget it immediately after we stop talking about it. I feel like uh, it's our first t-shirt. Otherwise, <laughs> how are you doing in general today? Uh, not too bad. It's um, jean weather again. I'm always happy with that. If you've been rocking shorts? Well, uh, well yes. when I'm outside of work, yes, I have. Wow. I have are they, are they cargo shit. shorts? No. I have no. a little more class than that. Okay. My goodness. Okay. No side pockets needed. Just regular old boring pockets. I'm a little bummed because I wanted it to get a little cooler, but like high 60s, low 70s, not like, don't give me like 50s and frost warnings. You missed fall. Don't go into winter. Yeah, it fell off a cliff. Like Hopefully there was it'll bounce back. No transition. But, you know, what are you going to do? we got a mixture of hippie and cold weather. Well, you know, <laughs> we can't really, can, I feel like there's no predicting the weather anymore because of all of environmental like change and you know global warming stuff it's yeah. like it's all going to be a real a oh. real crapshoot <laughs> oh that's right the amazon's still on fire oh, oh boy that's where we are today speaking of scary things well actually um i mean if you think about it it's really interesting because so we work you know a, a lot of us, I won't say everyone, but a lot of us work really hard to make the world and our environment safer. That's right. Um, and then we actively seek out things that will make us afraid. That's true. We do. Like horror movies, urban legends, ghost stories. Like we hunt all of this stuff down and we totally revel in it. So why? Why do we do that? That's a good question. I have no answer because we're dumb. I guess that's the easiest <laughs> well, answer. Well, I was that. thinking it's maybe because we can kind of control the fear. So, like, okay, so we seek out stories which give us a place to put our fears. So we're like, okay, I can read about this because it scares me. I would say books in particular, in my opinion, kind of let us pour our fear into them because we have so much of it just sloshing around in our heads at all times. Um, it is a visual medium, books. Well, I mean, so stories that frighten or unsettle us, and I'm not even talking about just horror stories, but the ones that kind of make us uncomfortable or strike a chord somewhere deep inside, I feel like they give us the means to explore the things that scare us, but only as far as our imaginations will kind of allow. Sure. Do you know what I mean? So they keep us safe while letting us imagine that we're in peril. Right. You don't actually have to have any physical danger, but you get all that mental trauma that comes from... From being scared and that's yeah. re- that's really where it's at i think it must be healthy in a way because so many people seek it out it's like 
it's like this box that you can kind of lift the lid off of and look at the darkness and be like, ooh, that's scary and bad, and then close it when you've had enough. And then you can put the darkness in the darkness. <laughs> yeah, so I don't know. I I think that scary books, scary movies, very fascinating, especially this time of month. I mean, I seek them out hard. Oh, yeah. You know it's that time of month when you walk down the street and you walk by seven spirit stores that just appeared overnight. I love those stores. Do you? I, I, I figured you would. I do. I love all that stuff. You're going and trying on all the vampire teeth and putting them back. Oh, that's so <laughs> gross and crazy accurate. So let me ask your opinion, though. What do you think is better, scary movies or scary books? I got to go with the movies usually just because, you know, I'm, I'm more of a movie as opposed to a book guy. And plus, I feel... Like, you can't as walk away as easy from a movie. Okay, so it's interesting. So I'm going to say the opposite. I think that the story in the scary book is better because it doesn't really end when you put the book down. Like, okay, so same with movies. Like, if it's a really good movie, but it has to be kind of a really good one that after you leave the theater, you continue to think about it. Sure. There are so many movies that as soon as I leave, they are forgotten, like most of my conversations with you. Um, thank you. But I feel like with books, since we've devoted so much brain energy to picturing the things that we read about, and since, like, the book isn't confined to, like, a two-hour period of time, that they generally do live with us a bit longer. Hmm. That's an interesting perspective on it. Yeah, I was kind of looking stuff up about it. And so author Megan Abbott, she's got a bunch of stuff, some of it's a little thrillery. Um, uh, She definitely, I think I'd say her genre would be, like, suspense, says... I think scary books are better at prodding and provoking the unconscious, getting under your skin and staying there. Reading is a more intimate experience, um, and it's a deeper, more tentacled scary. You know you know what else is part of that, too? I feel like with reading, you get to, when it comes to horror especially, you're not looking at somebody else's nightmare. That's what te- movies are. Like, if you're watching a Guillermo del Toro movie, you're looking at what his definition of, like, a demon or a nightmare is going to be. Yeah, good in, call. In your own, when you're reading books, you get to create these monsters in your own head through a vague description. So Absolutely. you get to find out, hey, this is what's scary to me. Like, turns out, not a tentacle guy. Don't really like seeing those. And Absolutely. Then you like and then you create that and then that might stick with you. I like the idea that, you know, because it takes so long, like you're going to read it versus seeing it. I mean, that sort of feeling that dread is with you for just hours and hours and hours and can stretch over weeks. And I feel like it kind of affects you in a bigger way. Yeah. And then, you know, you get to have that residual thing sticking around the back of your head. You're like, oh, no. Is this going to be where I actually am a part of a horror story now? Dun, dun, dun. <laughs> but if if you if our listeners haven't pieced it together yet, today we will be talking about horror books Yay. and other just sort of scary books in general. Which you know, as we said, that's where that's the jam this time of year. That's where you want to be at. Oh, I have I have like so many on hold from the library. I'm I just currently reading one, and then I just checked one out, and then I have one on hold. So this oh. is this is my October. But actually, don't worry, they're all on my list that I'm going to talk about. I actually think I have one on hold right now too. As a matter of fact, you know. What is it? Uh, I'm going to talk about it. Oh, okay. List. Keep me in suspense. So this is the first one I'm going to talk about is super interesting i'm reading it right now um tell me if it sounds familiar to you Uh oh and that maybe someone i love possibly stole this idea so the book that i'm going to talk about is called the silence okay by tim lebin Alrighty. and so what the story is is that there um there's an underground cave that's kind of discovered 
um, in Europe that was completely closed off, and they were like, oh, my God, this is amazing. So the Discovery Channel is kind of airing it as they, like, are finally – what's that called? Skirplunking? Oh, spelunking. Spelunking. Very, you were close. I was close. You were thinking of the classic um, table game. Kerplunk, yes, I was. I totally was. (laughs) Which we totally need to get in play because that (laughs) game was great. Okay, so. Seven hours to set up, five minutes to play. So as they open this cave out, these blind creatures come out that hunt by sound. Hmm. um, And they're kind of just swarming from this underground prison and just eating and killing everyone. So if you scream, if you even whisper, you're going to summon death because they can't see, but they can hunt by sound. And the main character of the book, who's kind of watching this to see if they're going to cross the sea and get closer to her, who is a deaf girl for many years, so she knows how to live in silence. Um, So she's kind of trying to help her family with their chance of survival and will it end and what kind of world will be left, dot, dot, dot. Look, sounds kind of familiar. I mean... I don't know where I've heard it. It's literally The Quiet Place, and they said, like, no, we weren't inspired by this book. I'm like, it... It's the same story. Yeah, I'm sorry, Krasinski. It's literally the same thing. I think this is actually on Netflix as well, so there's a movie out for it. I did see that. I heard it wasn't great, but so far, so I'm reading this book right now. I haven't finished it, but where I am, I'm really liking it. It's definitely filling me with, like, a dread. It makes me feel kind of anxious because, you know, I like when it's slowly building where you're like, oh, how would I feel? What would I do? What would my step be? Would I stay home? Would I leave? Would I trust it? Would I think it would go away? You know, all of those things. So definitely a good, like, not over-the-top horror, stabby, that kind of thing, but a good Halloween time book. Oh, man, can you imagine sound-based monsters? Like, well, that's just a wrap then. Like, the second you hear that that's going on. We're done now. I mean, it's true because, like, helicopters are taking off to try to shoot them, and these these ones fly. They're kind of like... I don't know, a combination of giant cats and bats and hornets, I'll say. Nope, don't like any of that. (laughs) No, it's not a great combination. That's like a combo when you're talking about like slow versus fast zombies. You're like, slow zombies? All right, I could deal with that. We could probably handle that. Fast zombies, like, Nah, let's not even bother with that. Just eat me now because it's not going to happen. So, yeah, so check out The Silence, um, and then you can always compare it to if you've seen The Quiet Place, see how you feel about it. It's a totally different thing. Not at all the same. (laughs) Not at all the same. Not even remotely close. (laughs) I can't even know. I don't even know where even that comparison comes to. (gasps) It's funny stuff. Okay, what do you have for us today? What are you working on? All right, well, you know, I figured I'll start with one of the classics. I'm going to go with, you know, there's going to be some Stephen King on here, obviously. Okay. Because, you know. It's horror. It's what we do. Okay. So I'm going to go with a classic that's been remade twice. That's Pet Cemetery. If you haven't read the book, the book is actually pretty darn good. There's I was actually thinking of making that one of my picks this year, but his books are just so long. They're long. They're not great written because Stephen King's not the best author in the world. But the mm-hmm. thing is, he has great stories a lot of the time, and this is one of his better ones. Hence, you know, the double remake that they've done on it. Um, if you haven't read it or seen it, you should, by the way. Um, it's a story of a doctor who moves his family to a little house in Maine, right off of the main road. That's going to become a plot point later on. Okay. And while they're living there, they find this little weird road behind the house that leads to a pet cemetery. And then beyond the pet cemetery, they find themselves a burial ground. And, you know, shenanigans um, resume once they start burying stuff there and find out they bury something it comes back to life but not quite the same wouldn't you just immediately stop burying <clears throat> things there then well they tried to they did you know put up a bunch of barriers and basically they misspelled cemetery so that's kind of your first indication <laughs> you're like well i probably shouldn't go here 
That doesn't <laughs> it's seem not, It's good. not a good sign. It's not great. Um, so the story, the idea is really cool behind it. Um, the adaptations in the both movies are actually pretty spot on. But when you read a Stephen King book, you get a little bit more of the internal um, thoughts and motivations of people, as you usually do in books in general. So you get more of an idea like where their head's at. Because when you watch the movies, they don't really make great decisions a lot of the time. First of all, bringing people back from the dead via voodoo magic. Yeah. And I mean, I think in horror, that's like, that's one of the tropes is people are always making really poor decisions. Right. Like I am a Native American myself, but if I hear that there's a Native American bail ground, even I'm like, nope, I, nope, <laughs> not going anywhere near that. I don't need that kind of bad juju. Um, but the story is really cool. Uh, the both adaptations of the movies are actually pretty solid. Really? I heard the new one was not good. Well, it's compared to the original one, which is okay. kind of fun, but they switch up the story enough. That, you know, it's a pretty, it's one of the better horror remakes that have come out lately. Um, besides, got John Lithgow. You can't go wrong. When okay. you get a bearded But Lithgow. I want to know about the book. Well, the, the book, book is good. The book is good. Uh, the sto- It gets a little bit more violent and um, they get a little more into the gore in the book. So you can kind of check that more out. And okay. the usual supernatural stuff coming in from Stephen King, definitely worth a read. Go check it out. Okay, sweet. And then I do just want to say, speaking of, of Stephen King, People read Joe Hill. His son is awesome. He writes great, creepy stuff. That was actually, I'm, I'm probably not going to have time for it, but that was actually my book, that NO2SA42. Nosferatu. Oh. If you read all the license plate letters together. How about that? You like Look at that? you, Joe Hill. You like that? Well, I do like that. I read that book. That's a good book. Is it? All right. Well, I got that one waiting for me. So I'm going to see how that goes. Yeah, like it's totally weird. Like it is very weird. Joe Hill's such a better writer than his dad. It's kind of He's really great. And if you haven't read that Lock and Key series, those graphic novels are the best. They're some of the best graphic novels out there. TV show coming out soon, too. Is there? Mm -hmm. Of course there is. I mean, that story is amazing. So all of that, perfect for this month. Okay, so next book I want to talk about. This is a book I haven't read, but this was the hold that I just picked up from the library. So... You'll have to wait for all right, it, people, all right, let's until do, I let's finish do this it. Thing. It's called Brother by Ania Elborn. Brother. That was my, I was doing a nice little thing for you there. That was, what was it? Just, eh, I can't remember the guy's name. That's great. Okay, so deep in the heart of Appalachia stands a crooked farmhouse, miles from any road. Can you picture it? Work brain. So the Morrows keep to themselves, and, you know, that served them well so far. Sure. When girls go missing off the side of the highway, the cops don't knock on their door. Which is a good thing, seeing is what's buried in the Morrow's backyard. But 19-year-old Michael Morrow, he is not like the rest of his family. He doesn't take pleasures in the screams that kind of echo through the trees, and he really pines for normalcy um, and, like, really hopes that someday he's going to see the world beyond West Virginia. So when he meets Alice, who is a pretty girl working in town, he's immediately smitten, and he kind of is trying to live like a normal person, forgetting that the monster that he has actually become. Yeah. You know, I mean, there's screams from your basement going on, and you're like, well, I'm going to walk around with dandelions. Yeah, about exactly. Life. It's not going to work out. So, yeah, I'm excited. I hope that it's a good book. Again, I can't really say for sure yet um, because I haven't started it because I have to finish The Silence. But uh, I don't know. It's kind of a cool setting. I feel like Appalachia kind of has like a creepy feel to it well yeah you think yeah yes, and so. anywhere in the mountains having driven through west virginia i could tell i could not get out of that state quick yeah enough. you know it's just like very spaced out no one's gonna hear you so yeah so i think that's gonna be a good one so check out brother brother <laughs> stop doing that i don't know what that is making a play on the danzig song mother for you all right great 
What what else do you know? There is some kind of life. There are some goth guys losing their mind at how hilarious that is right now, by the way. That's so you know what else is scary scarier than thinking there are people cheering on that? Hmm. Real life. Because there are terrible stuff that happens in real life. And I'm gonna do a couple books that actually are actually based on real life. So you know that's where the horrifying stuff goes on. It's really true. The first one I'm gonna do is The Stranger Beside Me by Anne Rule. Oh, Anne actually rules when it comes to true crime. Oh, uh, I see what you did there. <laughs> you like I it. didn't know she was a true crime author for a little bit till I yeah. actually read a couple. And then I'm like, oh, okay, well, this is her, which what she does. But this one, uh, it's one of her, it's like her first big book. It's the one that she jumped into the whole um, true crime series in with her expose about uh, her time working with undiscovered serial killer Ted Bundy. Because, mm. you know, anybody doesn't know, you know, you can watch a documentary. I'm Ted Bundy was sort of an actual functioning adult outside of his whole murdering thing. So he's been on news a couple times. He seemed like a normal guy to everybody around him, and, you know, he had his little proclivities. <laughs> his little proclivities. His little proclivities in the oh at home. Oh we're not, we're not going to dig too deep in this, but this is a, a firsthand account of somebody who worked with him, like, day to day, and then finds out later on, like, oh, this guy's a horrible serial killer that's killed. She's lucky she wasn't brunette. Or it could have been her. Well, yeah, that's another part of it. But then, like you know. you never know. It also gets into the idea of, like, if you find out somebody you know is a serial killer, then and then you don't get murdered by them and they get caught, you kind of that kind of thing sticks in your head. It's like, how come I didn't get, he didn't come after me, or was I on <laughs> the list? What's wrong with me? Am I not pretty enough to be murdered? Isn't like, that, what? but you know what, as dumb as that sounds, I 100% guarantee you there's people that knew Ted Bundy. They're like, how come he didn't murder me, man? Well, am oh, I not good enough? Oh, Lord. I like to think not, but you, you're probably right. I feel like I could write that movie today and make a lot of money on that idea. <laughs> About um, the person who said, it should start off. Aubrey Plaza. <laughs> you know what? That's not bad casting. She'd just be looking grumpy and mad the so whole time. so that she wasn't murdered for her looks. Trying oh, my God. Get back. You can make a, that's a good comedy. <laughs> you know what? Copyrighted, everybody. We're working on that script. Do not No, I'm it. sure Dave Franco already is, and it'll be terrible. <laughs> <laughs> that's probably very true. I could see James Franco making a movie. Do you have any other books see. by her on your list? Because I know she has other serial killer ones. Mm, no? Nothing off the top of my head. Okay. No. I'll double check, but I don't think there is. But yeah, go check it out, everybody. The Stranger Beside Me, Story of Ted Bundy, and Rule. Get in there. Okay, check why don't you do another true one? All right. Well, the other one I'm going to do that's a true story is a book that I like, 2007's The Terror by Dan Simmons. I've mentioned this one before. I don't know. If oh, I have that. That was debatable going to be one of my books this month. It's like a there's a boat involved, right? Yeah, there are two boats. Yes, so, I was going to read that. Oh, it, I'm so excited. It was made into a 2018 uh, TV series for AMC, which was excellent, which is what got me to be interested in the book. Okay. The story is about two ships. It's a true story of a um, lost expedition by Sir John Franklin, the HMS Erebus and the HMS Terror in 1845 to 1848. They got lost in the Arctic trying to find a Northwest Passage to connect, uh, you know, Europe to North America. Sure. So they got stuck in the ice up there, and then nobody knows what happened because they never never got found. They Yikes. all like, died. So the book kind of takes ideas on what would have happened to them while they're up there. And in addition, it's like some supernatural terrors. There's a whole murder bear thing going on, and you know we love murder bears. Murder here on, bear. All booked up. Heck yeah. There's also things that will be actual real life issues to deal with uh lead poisoning you got people running out of food there's kind of disease going through the system um somebody never said they had tuberculosis so now that's going through some of the people and they're dying that way it just gets into different levels of of terror not just the psychological supernatural stuff but it also gets into like actual horror of being stranded 
where there's literally zero chance of escape and all you can do is just sit there and waste away and wait that sounds awesome it's it's such a good book it's so atmospheric the setting itself is so unique just being stuck in a glacier in antarctica and there's like or in the arctic um in the north and there's just nothing you can well, do maybe if i read really fast this month and i finish my books uh, i can grab that one I don't know. it's a 2000 page book so what it's Thick. Is it? Yeah, it's massive. Holy moly. Yeah, but it is so worth your time. It's okay. so very good. I'll keep that in mind. Just excellent stuff. Go check out The Terror, everybody. Okay, cool. Uh, the next one I want to recommend is A Head Full of Ghosts by Paul Tremblay. Ugh, sounds like my life, man. Let me tell you. <laughs> Let me tell you. <laughs> You're the worst person. <laughs> um, okay, so this is about the lives of the Barretts. They're just a normal suburban New England family, um, which are really torn apart when 14-year-old Marjorie begins to display signs of acute schizophrenia. Okay. So to her parents' despair, like the doctors are unable, you know, to stop her descent into madness, um, and their stable household really starts to devolve into a house of horrors. So they reluctantly turn to a local Catholic priest for help because they're kind of like, we don't even know what to do at this point. So this priest suggests an exorcism. As they usually do. I mean, he believes that this vulnerable teenager is the victim of demonic possession. He also contacts a production company Mm -hmm. that is eager to document the Barrett's plight. Okay. And so Marjorie's father, he's been out of work for more than a year, and they have these crazy medical bills looming. So the family agrees to be filmed. And then they find themselves the unwitting stars of The Possession, which becomes a hit reality TV show. Oh. Uh, So I'm not going to give out more than that, but it's very good. It kind of takes place like 15 years in the future where uh, Marjorie's younger sister like wrote a book about it. So they're kind of like bringing to mind again everything that happened and it's all brought back to the surface. And you end up with like a real mind-bending tale of psychological horror. um, Hmm. And yeah, so that's that's a pretty cool book. Great, great book. Again, things that aren't over the top, like stabby murdery, because that doesn't really work for me as much. Not a, I mean, the not true a stabby crime. Murdery. No, I'm not a stabby murdery. Um, true crime, I like. But uh, so these are just it's a little it's a little softer. It kind of like creeps up where you end up with like goosebumps and you feel really bad and you're not totally sure why. So oh, okay. yeah, it's a good one. So you know, for the next one. I figure that the best place to go is always to find scary stuff is to go into human's history. So I'm going to go with Beth Underdown's The Witchfinder's Sister. So oh, okay. Ever heard of this book? No. So it's set in the mid-17th century. Um, Matthew Hopkins is uh, appointed himself a witch finder. So his basic job at the time is to go around and he's going to find witches and kill them. You know, oh, okay. You know, that's what that's a whole thing that happened. That's a that's a profession. <laughs> so then his sister decides, you know what? My brother's kind of gone nuts with this murder job that he gave himself that's for some <laughs> reason totally allowed. So she's like, I am going to put myself between my brother and all these women that he is completely falsely accusing and murdering. And, you know, she tries to... It becomes a story about her getting in between a man and his work, quote unquote. Okay. So she's kind of. His work of murder. Yeah, his his work of murder. So she's basically trying to tr- talk her brother down kind of deal while 
tell, trying to like let them see like these aren't really witches, man. You're just kind of making this stuff up. This is one. This is also based on something true or just based on like true events. Well, it's basically like the witch hunters and stuff of yeah, 17th like century. It's a legit sure. thing. Like they used to just walk around and you could just say like if a woman made you mad or she said spoke back to you, be like she's a witch. Yeah. And then they'd be like, well, either throw some ro- um, rocks in her pocket and throw her in the lake. If she drowns, she's cool. If not. Yeah, if she floats, she's a witch. If she drowns, whoops. Yeah, so <laughs> she gets to go to heaven, everybody. But big whoops. It, this is the kind of idea that, like, if you could start getting some mass hysteria in humans, here's a shock. It usually ends up badly for people, and they always go to the lowest common denominator. Yeah. Uh, you know, witch hunting in the 17th century is a perfect example of just people going crazy for stuff that is just ridiculous. Makes you wonder what we're going around nowadays, just being all cons- or not even thinking about this. It's going to turn out to be absolutely horrible in the future. Okay. Future books. Future horror books based on true crime. Da, da, da. (laughs) I guess that's a thing. (laughs) Something to look forward to, everybody. But yeah, go check it out, everybody. I'm a fan of witch stuff, so. Yeah, I mean, witches are definitely super scary. Um, I have so many more books. I don't know which ones. The third one. The third one? The third one. Okay, I don't so know I'm going to skip is. The Invited. I'm going to skip The Ballad of Black Tom. The third one is called Break the Bodies, Haunt the Bones. Nice. By that's Micah a, Dean Hicks. That's a metal title right there. <laughs> it's a really metal title. I figure, see, you were just naturally drawn to that one. I know. I'm, I'm headbanging a little bit as we speak. Um, so since she was a child, um, so Jane. Jane's haunted since she was a child. She's carried a ghost girl that feeds on the secrets and fears of everyone around her, whispering to her what they are thinking and feeling. Nice. Even obviously when she doesn't want to know about this. So Henry, who's Jane's brother, is ridden by a genius ghost that forces him to build strange and dangerous machines. And then their mother is possessed by a lonely um, spirit that burns anyone she touches. Oh, so this is their family. Um, and when there's new arrivals that kind of begin coming into town because of these factory jobs, the living and the dead are really furious about it. And Jane is kind of trying to save a way, find a way to save her haunted family and escape the town before the town probably kills them because people are kind of figuring out hmm. their, their stories. Um, but yeah, it's a very interesting story. And it's a little different from the rest. We've got, like, some real ghosts and some actually, like, super haunted people. That, that's got Tim Burton written all over it. Just it kind of does. Synopsis. I could totally see him making that movie and making it actually pretty decent, too. Yeah, I like that. Of course, then we got to deal with Johnny Depp being the lead ghost. That that I like less. And then I just, so like I said, I skipped some. I'm just going to say their titles. The book The Invited by Jennifer McMahon. Um the Ballad of Tom, of Black Tom. This was one of NPR's best books of 2016. It was the winner of the Shirley Jackson Award. It got a Horror Award for Novella of the Year, Bram Stoker Awards. So you know this is a solid horror book. Uh, this one I haven't read. Um, even the description is super weird. So just go find the description and see if it's your cup of tea. All right. Uh, I want to recommend Mr. Splitfoot by Samantha um, Hunt. We've got orphans that can speak to the dead. Hello, people. That's good stuff. <laughs> and then finally, um, Wounds, which is six stories from the border of hell by Nathan Ballengrund. And it's a collection of six stories. So if you're looking for more Ooh. short stories instead of one long book like the terror that's 2,000 pages 2,000 you can get a bunch of short ones and kind of get scared over and over again I'm not gonna lie because of stuff like creep show and all that I love anthologies when it comes to horror I feel yeah, like you, totally you that's don't have to, to wear you, you don't have to wear out your welcome you're just in and out of that story here's the scary stuff nobody yeah. cares about their family 
Let's just, you know, get this person dead, give them some horrible fate, and then get out of there. I like it. I respect it a lot. Okay, sadly, that is all that we have time for. So there's Jacob, never enough I know, time. there's really not. So, Jacob, why don't you plug us up <gasps> creepy style? Oh, man, I just have to do, like, a dark voice there. Okay. So everything that you hear on all... Nope, change my mind. That's terrible. Not good <laughs> just, nope, just... Oh, well, I tried. All right, so everything that you hear on All Booked Up is going to be available at your local library. We have 37 branches all across Erie County. Stop on by. If we don't have it, we'll get it to you. We also have a bookmobile that is going around. Just flag it down. You know, me and Michelle's face will be um, waving back at you on the back of it. So, uh, you know, check that out. Don't forget to visit our website, www.buffalolib.org. And, you know, you can access your account online, get yourself some ebooks. Get some MP3s going, all that good stuff. <laughs> and you can also go follow us on Twitter at All Booked Up Pod. And you can talk to us in person, and everybody wants to do that. It'll be scary. See? See, I like your scary voice better. Okay, so let's talk about fear. Um, what the Marky Mark movie, Fear? Why are we going to get to that? You're the worst person. What causes fear in our body? Why is it hard to shake? Did you know that a recent study published in Psychological Sciences... Um, explained that humans react to each other's scents and can smell fear on others. Well, so you, more specifically in the type of sweat that they produce. Well, we already know that you can you have a very attuned nose for hippie stink. So. so I would smell fear. So this is why crowds can erupt in mass panic and why a room full of people telling ghost stories might get extra frightened because you are kind of subconsciously smelling other people's fear and it makes know. you feel it. Crazy, right? In addition to that, there's always that one lady in the front row that overreacts to everything. So yes. that's a good way to get everybody Yeah, going. but then I just usually laugh because I'm like, you're over the top. Oh, my goodness gracious. Also crazy is that you can inherit fear. Oh. Yes, like fear can literally be passed down from your parents and grandparents like all other genetic traits. Awesome. That's that so like... does explain a lot. Uh, totally, that you're like, why do I hate this? And it's like, well, it might have just been passed down in your DNA because your family hated something. Also crazy. And you can literally, literally. be scared to death. Okay. So if you can't calm down after the initial adrenaline rush that comes along with shock, the adrenaline and the calcium that comes with that keeps pouring into your heart, and then it can cause a tremor, um, and the tremor will cause your heart to not beat normally. And in, granted, rare cases, this can cause your blood pressure to drop, you can slip into unconsciousness, and ultimately it can cause death. Awesome. So another thing to be scared of. You can be scared of scared being scared of being to death. Yeah, so that's what we like to give you today. So, I okay. didn't know calcium <laughs> could kill you. See, don't drink milk, everybody. It is bad for you. I'm not sure that that was the lesson from that, but that's fine if that's what you take. Okay, everyone, thanks so much for listening, and we'll catch you next time. Bye. Bye.